we're reading scripture again out of the book of Hebrews, and we'll ask you to stand, and we'll read the verses together, Hebrews 10, 19 to 25. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord, we come to you again this morning. Lord, we cast ourselves upon your mercy and upon the provision, dear Lord, that you have been faithful to supply as we have stood behind the sacred desk. And I pray, dear Lord, this morning that you will do that again. Help me, dear Lord, to do what I cannot do and help these people to hear, dear Lord, not just to be here, but to actually take the word into their hearts. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. And so there are some things here that lend themselves to our attention this morning that direct us a bit in these scriptures. in, in reading over and looking through commentary, I liked uh, the observation that was made by one of them uh, where uh, in the Nelson Study Bible, in the commentary part of it, uh, it, it listed some of the things that are given here as things to direct our attention. And so uh, we can see that there are three, actually in the Old King James, uh, there's a different word that is used than the word that is used in the NIV and the New King James. Uh, I, I looked in the New King James just to see if, if uh, the New King James went, went along with what the NIV said, and it did. Uh, So in verse 22, when you look at verse 22, uh, it talks about faith. Let us draw near uh, with a heart in full assurance of faith. So we have faith there. If you look uh, at verse 23, it's got the word faith again. But as I said, the NIV and the New King James believe a better rendering of that instead of faith would be hope. So 
uh, we have faith in verse 22. We have hope in verse 23. And then uh, if you look in verse 24, we have love. Let us and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. So uh, looking for something to give a little road map to where we're going, uh, I felt that those three words uh, would be a, a good guide for us as they are used here in the scripture. Faith, hope, and love. And those things have a way of, of uh, reverberating through our mind, don't they? Faith, hope, and love. And then uh, there are three more things that help us to uh, hold, to get... A, a grip on these things. And uh, if you look uh, in the 22nd verse, uh, the word there is uh, to draw near. So verse 22 is draw near, and you see that. Let us draw near. And uh, you know you can, you can uh, run that all together, and, uh, but it is to to come close. Uh, verse 23 gives us another command. Uh, and verse 23 says, let us hold fast. So we're to draw near and we're to hold fast. And then verse 24 gives us another command. And that is, let us consider. Let us consider. So these things all fit together in a pattern to help us to incorporate what the preacher is telling us here or the writer of Hebrews is telling us in these verses that we have read this morning. Now, uh, the book of Hebrews is a book of better things. You know, if you know anything about scripture, you know that that is the theme of Hebrews. And as I spent some time last week on talking about various individual churches. Uh, I spent time talking about the Hebrews, the Hebrews, uh, the, the one first spoken of as a Hebrew was Abraham. And so this letter was written to Jews. And as it was written to Jews, I established last week that we are all children of Abraham if we have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Because Abraham was the father of faith. He believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And we believe on Jesus Christ. And by believing on Jesus Christ, we receive the merits of his death into our lives. And without believing on him, uh, it doesn't matter how much knowledge we have, if we don't really believe on Jesus, then we do not receive what he has for us. It is only through belief. So all the education in the world, all the, all the schooling, uh, all the time spent in church, uh, if, if it doesn't come down to where we take it, Personally, we receive it 
to ourselves and we say, I believe that. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. I believe that, that he died and rose again. I believe that he is hearing my prayer as I pray. So, you know, uh, many times words have a way of just kind of bouncing off of us. Uh, we, don't really, we don't really receive what is being said. I can testify to that because uh, I was that kind of student for a long time in school. Uh, there were a lot of things said that I just plain didn't get. And uh, so as a result, I was, I was uh, short on understanding when it came time to answering questions for tests. But then there came a time, as I got a little older, I realized I really needed to grasp these things. I really began to listen and receive. And it was amazing uh, how God helped me then at that point when I, when I began to apply myself. So you can be in church and not be in church. Uh, how many are here this morning? Raise your hand. Are you here? Uh, okay, looks like everybody's here this morning. So you passed that test uh, because uh, you know where you are. And uh, now if you can receive something this morning to say I got something out of the service, uh, certainly we ought to have something, shouldn't we? From the beautiful music that we have sung together congregationally and the wonderful song that Reverend Young shared with us as a special. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, that Jesus... Uh, is the cleft for me, the cleft. What does that mean? Have you ever thought about that? Uh, that he is the cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. It reminds you back to the time when Moses was hid in the cleft of the rock as the glory of God passed by. And it was a shelter to him so that he could enjoy the presence of God and yet be in a safe place. Jesus is our safe place, folks. He is the one that keeps us from the ravages of Satan. And be aware this morning when we hear news and things have happened and people have done things, and we say, how could that be? Remember, Satan's after every one, every one of us. Uh, he goes about as a roaring lion, lion seeking whom he may destroy, devour, bring down those that he, he wants to tear down from the place that God has for them. So... Uh, we need to be aware of that. So what about this scripture? Uh, these things that I've mentioned to you this morning, uh, the scripture says that uh, this, this is something that the Hebrew writer is writing to believers. Uh, he calls them brethren. Uh, we, we, ha we have 
we have these things to share together, uh, fellow believers, uh, sister believers. We have these things to share together. Uh, what, what has he been talking about? Uh, we can't go back through the whole book of Hebrews, but look at the verses just preceding the reading. Uh, it talks about uh, that their, their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. And it's, it's a quote. It comes out of the Old Testament. Uh, in verse 16 it says, This is the cov covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. <clears throat> now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin, or there's no need for a continual offering once these things have been dealt with. And so that scripture comes from the book of Jeremiah. And if you look back in Jeremiah chapter 31, and you read verse 31, it tells us what is being quoted here in this book of Hebrews. And this is, this is the word from Jeremiah 31, 31. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant. Uh, so we are in the New Covenant, folks, and we call it the New Testament, don't we? The New Testament. We have, in our Bible, we have the Old Testament, and we have the New Testament. A testament is a covenant. So we have the Old Covenant, and we have the New Covenant. And the Lord said, I'm going to make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was an husband unto them, saith the Lord. He says, and this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God, and they shall be my people. So there is where that quote has come from. It's out of the Old Covenant, and out of the Old Testament, as we call it, and it's brought over into the New Testament. So what does that mean when the Scripture says, uh, where there is remission? That's the word that I read in this scripture just a minute ago that's in, a, in the verse just before the reading that I gave for our scripture this morning. Remission means that there is no longer uh, something that, that you're held by. It is a release. <coughs> it is a release. Um, so when you see the word remission here, it means release. It, it's a great day when you find Jesus Christ as your Savior and you are released from your sins. Uh, sins can hold you so tight. 
can dominate your life, but in Jesus Christ, we can have release. And there are many people today that are enslaved by sin in different forms, different things that are holding them. But Jesus can give deliverance and can give release. We teach because this Bible tells us that Jesus is able to break the bonds that hold us that we cannot break by ourselves. <coughs> Excuse me, folks. My cough drop's not working too good, and my, and my water's not drowning the cough good enough. So <laughs> we just have to get through it. And so the, the scripture says that we are released through Jesus Christ. So the Hebrew writer says we have these promises and since we have these promises then we can enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. That means because we have been released from our sins that now we can come before the Lord and we don't have to fear when we come before him. If, if in the Old Testament, in the worship that they did, if, if there was sin when an individual went before the Lord, they could, they could die immediately. And I'm not going to go into a great deal of, of explanation about that. Uh, but the Lord, when we come into his presence, we have to have sins dealt with. We cannot come into his presence and think that we're okay just the way we are. Sins have to be forgiven. We have to be released from them. And so uh, this scripture tells us that we have... Now, what does boldness mean here? We have boldness. Uh, you know, there's one, such, there's one type of boldness that's an arrogance that that you just charge in, you say, well, uh, I have a right, I, I can do this, nobody's going to interfere with me. But that's not the kind of boldness that is spoken of here. This boldness means confidence. We have confidence. It also means that we have authorization. We have authorization. And so, how would boldness and authorization and confidence, how would those all three of those things go together? Well, if you have authorization, then authorization kind of speaks of somebody granting permission to you, doesn't it? It's not, it's not oh, I authorize myself. No, authorization is given to you. And so you receive authorization, and then you can come with confidence, whatever you're doing. You can come with confidence if it's some place you're entering into. You have authorization, uh, and you come with confidence. Now, the only thing I could think of, and it's probably not a very good illustration, when I was working at Honda, when it came 
to going into the plant. When, when I first worked there, when the first part of my employment there changed over time to different, different ways of entering the plant, but I had to show my authorization. I had to show a card. Uh, for a while, they had a guard house out uh, before you could even get very far into the parking lot. Uh, there was a guard there. Do you remember that, Tom? That uh, There was a guard. You had to hold your authorization up. And if you showed them your authorization, then then you could go on into the parking lot. And then it, and then it kind of shrunk back and you could get in the parking lot, but you had to show it when you were going through the doors into the plant. Uh, if, if you didn't show that authorization and you just barged on and went on, uh, they would have security after you to stop you and to find out uh, what, why you thought you could come in. Uh, they would have the police involved, not just the Honda security. So when we have authorization to come before the presence of the Lord, this authorization is that we have received Christ as our Savior. And by His authority, by our sins being forgiven, we can come with his authorization. We can come into the presence of God and present ourselves there and present our request to Him. See, it says we can enter into the holiest. That was that inner compartment where the very presence of God was in the Old Testament, in that tabernacle. They could they could Nobody could go in there except the high priest. But now, because of Jesus and because of his shed blood, we are invited. You're not invited to come to Reverend Goble. You're not invited to come to Reverend Young. You're invited to come to Jesus. You're invited to come through Jesus to God because of, his, because of Jesus' shed blood. So, therefore, we have authorization to come with our request before the Lord. And it says in verse 20, now, you know in the Old Testament, they, they put animals to death. They shed the blood of animals. Now, the writer here says that the way we're coming to God now is not the old way, but by a new and living way, by a new and living way. And what this means is, it would actually mean freshly slain, thinking about the animal that had been put to death and the blood had been used in the sacrifice. But here, we are told that we're coming to Jesus. Now, it's been 2,000 years since Jesus died on the cross. But it's still a new and living way because the blood of Christ is always fresh and always new to cover our sins. We don't have to worry about the sacrifice of Christ being dried up, that somehow it wouldn't atone for us, that, 
we live in a day when it's no longer applicable. It is applicable, and it does do exactly what it did the day Jesus died on the cross. It is still as powerful. We sing a song from time to time, or maybe it's a special, the blood that uh, Jesus once shed for me as my Redeemer up on the tree. Uh, It will never lose its power. That's what it's saying to us. Folks, the same way, the same way that old St. Paul, and he wasn't a saint at first, you know, he was, an, he, was, he was the devil in disguise, killing the Christians. The same power of the blood that redeemed Saul of Tarsus that we know as St. Paul now, the same power that redeemed him is the same power that works in our lives today. There's no, there's no shortage of power. There's no diminishing of power. It's still the same power today. And folks, it's still working today. People can come to Jesus if they're sincere, and they can be delivered. They can be released from drug habits. They can be released from alcoholism. They can be released from pornography, from the awful grip of pornography. You know, God is able to break every fetter. He's able to break all the chains. He still does it today. And we serve that kind of God. And I'm, I'm unashamed and I'm not a bit intimidated to say that Jesus can set the worst of sinners free if they come to him and give themselves to him. And so, yes, uh, so he says uh, that we come through this new and living way. It's always fresh, folks. It's always fresh. It's a living way because it's by the eternal God who lives forever. And he has consecrated this for us through the veil. So they had that thick curtain that hung up that separated the holy of holies from the holy place. Once again, it was only the priests that were allowed. But there was a thick curtain that hung there. You know, when Jesus died, the Bible tells us that thick curtain was ripped from the top. It don't say from the bottom. It was ripped from the top. And it, and it was ripped open so that common people, I will say priests that were not authorized, to go into the most holy place could look and they could see in there for the first time because all this stuff was sacred and holy and stay away. Stay away. This is, for, this is for a special group of people that, are, that have access, that are authorized. But now we have authorization. Jesus, at his death, tore that veil, that curtain he ripped. <clears throat> and now it says here that we have access, access to it because it is through his flesh. It is through his flesh. What about his flesh? 
His flesh was torn for us, wasn't it? His, his flesh was abused for us as he hung on the cross and died on the cross. It was for us. And the Hebrew writer said, it is through that sacrifice, it is through his shed blood now, that is, that is the curtain. That is the curtain. Jesus' broken body is the curtain. And we come through Jesus in, in a sense. And we come through him and we get into the holy place of God. And so uh, Jesus provided that for us. And that is his flesh that was torn for us. Um, and that's the wonderful thing about the incarnation that we just celebrated. That Jesus took a body. Jesus became human so he could do that. Otherwise, he couldn't have done that. As God, he could not do that. But as a man, he could suffer. He could feel the pain. He could bleed and die. And he did that so he could get us to heaven. So he could get us into the presence of God. So he says here then, <clears throat> verse 22... Let's draw near. Uh, and uh, as we look at this, I want you to think that we are, we are urged uh, as, his, as the readers of this book and as believers in Christ to use the benefits provided for us by our high priest. He wants us to use those benefits. They are ours. And we can cheat ourselves or we can, we can say, thank you, Lord, for providing this for me, that I can come into your presence, that, that I know that my sins are forgiven. I know that Jesus is walking with me and that he's my friend. So he says in verse 21, having an high priest. Uh, I want you to, instead of that flow of that word, I want you to think, I want you to take those first two words and say, we have a high priest. We have a high priest. And I'm not doing any violence to this scripture when I do that. Uh, it flows easily by saying and having a high priest. But we have a high priest over the house of God. That's present tense, folks. That's right now, and that is current events. We can, we can say right now, if we are Christians, we have a high priest, and he is Jesus Christ. We don't have to worry about coming to some man, but we come to Jesus because he is the one that is looking out for our needs and for our best interests. So he says in verse 22, Let's draw near with a true heart. And I've said this before, and I've illustrated already that the common people were not allowed. But now we common people are told, draw near. Come on in to this very holy sanctuary, this inner sanctum. Draw near. Come on. It's for you. And you can advantage yourself of it. Draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. So 
It is by faith that we do it. It is not by feeling. So, you know, sometimes your body can get out of balance. You can feel like you can feel like you're a hardly human sometimes. Uh, and all the load, all the things that get dumped on you. But you know if you trust Jesus as your Savior, it doesn't matter about your metabolism, about how your body feels. You're still a Christian. And it's not based on your feeling. It's based on our faith. It's based, it's based on our following Jesus as our Savior and doing His will. So... We can, we can exercise that faith, a heart in full assurance, a true heart. Now, we're not talking about pretend. We're talking about being sincere and saying, yes, I'm truly following the Lord. And we tell that by our actions, don't we? Uh, having our hearts uh, sprinkled from an evil conscience so God can deal with the evil in our lives, he can clean up our conscience, and we can have a clean and clear conscience before him, and our bodies washed with pure water would speak of holy living. In my estimation, it would speak of holy living, of saying, yes, I'm following the Lord. There's some things that I need to be washed of, cleansed of. And so I'm going, to, I'm going to rid myself of these and I am going to follow the Lord. Um, so we, we are told to hold fast in the next verse. We come near and then we are told to hold fast. Uh, we come near, our faith brings us near. I spoke to you about faith. We, we come, we draw near, and the way we draw near is by faith. If, if you don't have faith, you can't draw near. You have to have faith to draw near. You have to believe that God is, and God hears your prayer, and whether you feel like it or not, Jesus has not taken a vacation. He's still at the right hand of God. He's still hearing our prayers, and, and he still cares for us just the same. He's the same yesterday today and forever, right? He never changes. Okay, so, so we, have, we have come near. We've drawn near. Now we need to hold fast. We need to hold fast. And I said a lot of versions have said this is hold on to your hope. Hope. That's beyond what we're going through right now, isn't it? That's to say there's better days ahead. And that's to say that our future is not in our hands. Our future is in God's hands. Because we don't know what could befall us. We don't know if we're going to get through a day. But we commit our way to the Lord in hope. To say, Lord, you have promised this. And you are faithful to your promises. You're faithful to your word. And I know that this is going to come to pass because you have promised a very 
wonderful eternity for us that follow you. So it says to hold on to this hope uh, without wavering, without going back and forth, without being in and out, without being up and down. It's to hold on to it. And so we have faith, we have hope, and then let us consider one another, considering one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Uh, provoke is a word that's used a lot of times to stir up somebody to do something wrong, isn't it? Uh, you've, you've provoked me, and so you're going you're gonna to get the whiplash from this because I've been provoked. Uh, there, there were certain people that I, don't, I won't say I was afraid of, but I didn't like to get them provoked uh, because it could be a long, a long uh, time of, of going through uh, uh, a discussion of uh, all the things that could take place. Uh, <clears throat> We, some of us went yesterday to hear uh, an imitator, C.S. Lewis, and uh, what he said yesterday reminded me somewhat of some people that I've been around. He said his dad was a prosecuting attorney and uh, had been in the past anyway. He said if, uh, if he violated, and like I said, this was a, C.S. Lewis died uh, back in uh, 63, I believe it was. And uh, so he, w he was uh, imitating, portraying him the best he could from literature that he had read and research and so forth. Did this for over an hour, for about an hour and a half. He, he portrayed this fellow, but early on, it was his early life with his father and his father uh, trying to guide him in the right way. He said, that, you know, that uh, his father being a prosecuting attorney, he said, I know he didn't really mean to draw things out, but if we did something wrong, uh, it was like uh, he was back into the position of being a prosecuting attorney, and he would, he would have me there, and he would be... He would be stating his case, and he would be, uh, with all the gestures and so forth, uh, dr uh, dramatic, uh, and the kind of thing that, do you know what I'm talking about when I say some people can just wear you out? They just wear you out. They just, they just say the same thing over and over again. It's over and over again, and, oh, oh please, just... Just let it go, and I won't do that again. <laughs> just, just, just let me off of the lecture. It's, it's too. <laughs> I see some, I see some finger pointing going on. Just let off the lecture. Uh, but C.S. Lewis said that his dad was that way. Uh, that that he just pinned him down, and he just kept hammering him with, with all the, with all the tenacity. Uh, hanging on, uh, you know, like uh, uh, like something you couldn't get rid of. So, yeah, 
we know what that is. Uh, but this provoke is not used in a bad way. This provoke is used in a good way. Uh, and it actually means to stir up. It means to stir up. Your Bible might say stir up. I didn't look at NIV on that, but it may say stir up. Uh, it also uh, may, may uh, carry the idea of, of uh, having a, almost a seizure, a convulsion. Uh, I've been in some services where some people have, have been like, uh, they've just, the Holy Spirit comes on them and, and they just boil over with the things of God. And, and it, makes, it makes you uh, see that serving God is worthwhile, that, that it, really, it really matters to be faithful and to serve God. And that's what this Hebrew writer tells us, that we are to be like that with those that are around about us. And he goes on to say in the King James here, he uses the word, uh, that we are to exhort. We're supposed to come together in God's house and we're supposed to exhort. Now you don't, if I told you to exhort this morning, you probably wouldn't know what I was talking about if you're a young person. But it means to encourage. It means to encourage. It means to give instruction. It means to give warning. Because the writer says, there's coming a time when the Lord is coming back. We're headed for the judgment. We're headed for the return of Christ. We're headed for the end of all things. But exhorting one another, and so much the more, not less and less, but more and more as you see the final day, the final day of God. You see, man has had a lot of days but God is going to have his day. And his day is going to be the final day. And his day is going to set things right. And so we are told that we need to consider one another. Uh, we need to think about one another. We need to think about how to help one another. So we, we not only hold fat, we not only draw near, we hold fast. And we think about one another how we can show our love, um, how, we can, how we can demonstrate our concern, how we, can, how we can encourage others to be a success uh, in, in the kingdom of God, not in the worldly way, but to serve God and to keep going for the Lord. <clears throat> yes, <clears throat> we are to do that, and we are to do that continually holding others up in our minds before the Lord and asking God to help, help them to be successful in their spiritual lives. So over and over again, we're told in this scripture that there are some things we need to do. <clears throat> Bear in mind, these are not going to be done for you. They're not going to be done for you. See, if, if you're going to stir yourself up, it's going to be you that stirs. You can ask God to help you. But 
If you're gonna if you're gonna draw near, it's gonna be you that does it. I was in church with a lot of kids. As a young as a young boy, I was in church, uh, and I could tell some stories about church, uh, but there was a time when when I no longer wanted to be with the other kids in church. I wanted to be where I could hear the word. I wanted to be where I could, I could take it in to myself. I didn't want to be distracted. I wanted to hear it. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with sitting with other kids and young people and whatever. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there were distractions and I wanted to hear what the preacher had to say. I wanted to listen to what he had to say. And I not only wanted to listen, I wanted to see his face. Uh, I want, we were in a large church, and it ran 500 in Sunday school, so it was a bigger church than this. Uh, you had to get a little close if you wanted to see expressions and so forth. But, yeah, I moved up. I moved up. I sat, for a long time, I sat on the second seat. I wanted to be there, close to the action. Uh, I wanted to hear what was being said. And uh, so, you know, drawing near, that's up to us. It's not only in church, it's in our devotions to God through the week. And I, when I say devotions, I mean reading your Bible and praying. If, if, you want, if you want to be close to God, you have to read your Bible and pray. And then as you do that, yeah, the devil's going to try to shake you loose, isn't he? He's going to try to knock you off of that. So what do you have to do? You have to hold fast, don't you? You have to hang on and say, I'm not going back. I'm not moving out. I'm going to keep the same determination. I'm going to hold fast. And then you need to go on with consideration and say, you know, it's about others too, not just about me. It's about us as a group of people. Consider others that are around about you. So, I hope you got something this morning from this. That's what God laid on my heart. So, will you stand with me? There's a, there was a whole lot of fine work in this. You know what I mean? Fine work. Where you, you know, if you're doing uh, something with sewing or whatever, and you got you got some areas maybe that uh, you have to you have to be especially meticulous and follow the pattern uh, it's kind of tedious and but if you don't you mess up uh, I remember uh, mother doing uh, crochet and uh, she would have a whole big section done do you remember that Deb she'd have a whole big section I got to tear it all out I got to tear it all out. She'd start tearing the yarn out and going back to where she made the wrong stitch, where she got off the pattern. Because you got off one place, you were messed up from then on. You couldn't straighten it out. So there'd be a pile of yarn there that, that was used that she was gonna do it according to the pattern. Well, we have to keep considering, don't we? We have to keep looking at the pattern. We have to keep doing what the Lord tells us to do, being obedient to Him. <clears throat>
Let's bow our heads for prayer. I'm so glad for each one of you this morning. And I trust God is working powerfully in your lives. He definitely wants to. So as we wait this morning, if you have a need of prayer and would like to pray, we'd be glad to pray with you this morning. The Lord's able to give you strength. The Lord's able to break every fetter, break every bond. He's able to do that. He's able to set you free. He's able to give you release. We don't have to be a captive to Satan. Jesus sets us free. Praise his name. Anybody like to, with every head bowed and nobody looking around, anybody like to raise a hand and say, pray for me? I feel the Lord spoke to my heart. I see that hand, that hand. You can put them down after you raise them. Anybody else like to raise a hand? Okay, I see that hand. Yeah, I see that. I see that, and that's good. We like for God to talk to us, show us things in our lives, and I thank God for that. Lord, as we come to you at the close of this service this morning, Lord, we've seen hands raised of people that say that you've spoken to them about a special area in their life, a need they have. Lord, thank you that there's power in the blood. There still is. It's still just as fresh and new today. And I pray, dear Jesus, that you'll help us to exercise our faith in that blood of Christ that brings us near to God and that cleanses our conscience and helps us to be the people God wants us to be. I pray, dear Lord, your blessings upon each one that's raised a hand. I pray that you'll continue to work in their lives. Help them, Lord, not to leave things undone, but to take care of business and to get current with God, to be current, to be up to date, to be living in victory. I pray your blessings. I pray, dear Lord, now that you will go with us, watch over us. Lord, uh, be, with, be with us as we go through uh, bereavement with those uh, along with us who have suffered loss. We pray to the Lord for your Holy Spirit to be with us and to help us through this day. We thank you for all you do, asking these favors. In Jesus' precious name, amen. You are dismissed.